Welcome to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil, the official Monster Jam podcast. I'm Scott Jordan. A lot of the fans that come to our shows dream of driving a Monster Jam truck. That dream is no different for one of the biggest rising stars in the sport. As we go to the Great Clips Hotline to welcome in my guest this week from Houston, Texas, El Toro Locos, Elvis Linus. Elvis, welcome to Inside Monster Jam. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, man. We were finally able to uh, get on the same schedule. I know. Thank goodness for that. I've been trying. I've been hounding you for weeks. And uh, finally, I get you on. I'm going to make the most of this time. I'm excited to chat with you. Let's talk about a life before being a driver. When you were a fan of the sport, it's no secret you talk about this a lot during trackside, during the events as well. I believe two years old was the first time you went to Monster Jam, correct? Yeah, it was actually at the Houston Astrodome. Uh, you know, the one thing I remember from it was... Uh, it was the year where Tom Mentz was essentially driving Team Mentz, and he, you know, got into a situation with a bus stack and planted the truck vertically into a wheelie, and, you know, the truck was just stuck there at the very end of the show. So just kind of hearing, you know, 60,000 fans go crazy, and that's really the only thing I remember from that event. Um, and from then on, like, I kind of always knew that this was something I wanted to do. Uh, but we also, you know, kind of always planned our New Year celebration around Monster Jam because Monster Jam traditionally has an event in Houston on the first weekend of January. So I was always looking forward to those, you know, uh, right before school started to uh, kind of go to my first Monster Jam event of the year and uh, you know start the year off right. It's amazing that you remember anything about that because I can't remember some things I did last week. So for you to have memories, vivid memories <laughs> of your, your two-year-old self is amazing. So uh, kids all over the world have different things that attract them, you know, superheroes, professional wrestling, football, sports. What drew you to Monster Jam? Man, I honestly think it's just that it was the it was something I've never seen before and honestly it was something that just kind of caught my attention cuz you know, as a little kid, I was always kind of like, you know, trying to find ways to get into situations, you know, whether it was with a bicycle or a four wheeler and kind of doing things that you shouldn't be doing with them. And uh, that was kind of like my adrenaline outside of sports, you know, and, and there was something in football and soccer that necessarily couldn't be fulfilled in me that, uh, you know, when I got to Monster Jam, um, it, you know, was everything that I wanted because I knew that at the end of the day, this was something that, you know, not just anyone can do. And I have total control of the situation of where I can push my adrenaline to um, and the truck. So it, it's, it's a really exciting thing for me, for sure. I know your, your family's been to quite a few events and you've addressed them. I know you're very close to your, your mom. What was your family's response to you as a kid when you say, hey, this is what I want to do when I grow up? Man, they honestly thought it was a phase, you know, that, you know, my mom was kind of always like, you know, hey, you got to go to college, get your degree, be in engineer, be an architect, you know, et cetera. And same thing with my dad. Um, but, you know, I was a very passionate sports player for sure. So I kind of was hoping that maybe an avenue would open up there. Um, and I was pretty good at school, but honestly, it wasn't necessarily my passion and it just kind of felt like it was forced for me. So, um, you know, eventually in high school, I was like, man, you know, I, I don't really know what I want to do, but, you know, I know for sure I want to drive a monster truck at some point in my life. And, uh, and that's when I started working on the trucks. You know, I messaged Morgan Kane at the age of 15. He gave me the opportunity to start uh, helping out there. And, and, and that crew was Josh Dyke. And Josh Dyke, as we all know, eventually ended up being Tom Mintz, uh, Loyal Crucci for quite a, you know, a good amount of years. And, uh, you know, anytime that they came through a city or I was somewhere that they were at, you know, he gave me the opportunity to help them out and uh, obviously made a really good relationship with Tom Mintz. 
And at the age of 17, he just told me to stand next to a truck, took a picture of me. And next thing you know, at the age of 18, Pete Speller and I are having a conversation at the World Finals in Vegas. And uh, one thing led to another. And two weeks before I graduated high school, I got the chance to uh, drive a monster truck for the first time. Man. And honestly, I don't know how I got called back because I was so nervous, but uh, I'm really fortunate for sure. I think you are a perfect example of everything that these our fans can become uh, and you handle yourself uh, in an amazing way out there, uh, inspiring them. I mean, that's what we're all about, inspiring our young fans. That's why I wanted to have you on because you are an inspiration to little kids all over the world. So coming up next, more with El Toro Loco's Elvis Linez's Inside Monster Jam Power by Lucas Oil continues. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. My guest this week on the Great Clips Hotline is El Toro Loco's Elvis Linez. Elvis, you, you mentioned in the previous segment that you messaged Morgan Kane on Instagram, which sounds like a very easy process. Uh, however, you had a very long road to get to where you are now behind the wheel of El Toro Loco. So uh, as, when you started this thing out, you worked your way up crewing for different people, volunteering for different people. How did that process affect you as a driver and help you along the way? Man, honestly, it was just to persevere through the good and the bad, you know, because as a 17, 16-year-old kid, you know, trying to get out there and, you know, message a bunch of different people, you know, not only was I just helping at Monster Jam events, but also independent shows when I could. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just get left on red, and that's a part of the nature of the business. And uh, so you just have to look forward to get past that, you know, and honestly, I wouldn't be here uh, with obviously without my family, but also my good friends, man, Alex Barden, Forrest. You know, they were there for with me for this whole ride. I remember we drove from uh, Jacksonville to El Paso in one week just to go to a Monster Jam event. And thankfully, we all got to help out. And uh, he was definitely, you know, a big push for me, at least Forrest was, you know, and uh, for me to get into a lot of these opportunities. I'm sure kids and, and adults even ask you now, how do they get started in this business? They ask me as well. I get messages on Instagram, Facebook as well. And I say the same thing that you said, just, you know, help out anywhere you can talk to anybody you can. And, and you said, you know, things were left on red, which obviously I'm sure is something that you don't do now because you've been in that position. But what is your advice to these kids who have to use that perseverance, have to be gutsy, have to make that first step and have to continue to push? What do you tell those kids as they're in the middle of this journey trying to get behind the wheel of a trust? Figure a way to separate yourself from the others. You know, that's honestly the biggest uh, clue. And honestly, another thing that I like to tell them is honestly, you have to make sure that you have another plan. You know what I mean? Like you have to work at something else because this is something that a lot of people want to do. And, you know, unfortunately that's just the nature of the business and you have to find a way to make yourself more of an, more valuable than the next person, you know, to stick out more than the next person. So, you know, that's why I like to work out. That's why I like to, you know, keep myself fit and uh, try to always experience different avenues to uh, try to keep myself relevant, you know, within the monster jam world. And, uh, Thankfully, I'm also bilingual, so I, you know, I'm really lucky to be able to speak another language, and uh, that really helps me out. And uh, you know, I definitely know that's a big reason as to why I'm here, but I plan to use it to my favor. And uh, you know, for anyone out there that wants to be a Monster Jam driver, you have to, you have to really want it. You know, at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing because I, you know, if I wasn't working on the trucks, I was doing club help, and club help is definitely not easy. I mean, you are there from. 6 a.m. till sometimes 2 a.m. Um, all day working on this track. So you really have to go um, to, you know, to the most extreme to really find out how passionate you are. And if you don't have that passion, 
you know, unfortunately, it's just not going to happen. But you really have to stick past those tough times for sure. Yeah, you have to have the passion. You have to have the drive. And if you want to succeed, you have to be willing and able to humble yourself. And I think that's what you have done many times throughout your early career. I, I met you for the first time in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm not sure you even remember, but you were there helping out. I think you, you were either crewing or on on the dirt crew or, or, or club. You were you were there. That's all I know. And uh, one of the drivers was unable. It was a triple threat series show. One of the drivers was unable to compete in the entire event. And you came out and drove the ATVs and speedsters and i was like who the heck is this kid and you know your name struck me elvis i'm a big elvis presley fan and, I, and you impressed the crap out of me um and so flashing forward now to see what you're doing it, there's no surprise to a lot of people here uh, but who who was your biggest influence who helped you out the most as you're trying to get to where you are today honestly i know it sounds cliche because everyone says it but tom was definitely you know the biggest help for me just because I, you know, I, I helped him out so many times um, that, and obviously he's in a in a position where he, you know, he has a very big uh, help and a very big push in uh, whether you know whether you get the chance to try out or not. So I definitely wouldn't be here without him, but also wouldn't be here with all the you know crew guys and girls that let me you know uh, get the opportunity to you know help them out. And I think the coolest thing is seeing that you know some of them you know have driven monster trucks now, and and, and that's just. That's super awesome. You know, BJ was one of the guys that helped out. Lindsey, um, Scott Conley, we call him uh, Haas. Uh, you know, I've helped out Bobby Powers, call him Woos. So I, I, I've been through all of them, man. And, and uh, you know, even got to help out John Gordon whenever he was a crew chief for uh, Ryan Anderson, son of a digger. So it's, it's very crazy that I went from, you know, helping them out and passing them tools or, you know, fixing the fiberglass for them to now competing against them. It's, it's very cool. Well, it's not just competing against them. Now you're able to kick their butts uh, any, any given night you want to. Uh, coming up, we are going to talk about Elvis's breakout year behind the wheel of Grey Clips Mohawk Warrior. That is next on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. Welcome back to Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil, the official Monster Jam podcast. I'm Scott Jordan, and this week I am joined by El Toro Loco's Elvis Linez. So Elvis, you get your big break. You end up in El Toro Loco on a triple threat series, and then the world shuts down. The pandemic hits, and you come back in a huge way in 2021. You are behind the wheel of a second Great Clips Mohawk Warrior truck, and you literally light the world on fire, man. I mean, you had a run unlike anything I've ever seen from, from a young superstar. Talk about your emotions when you got the call that you were coming back and what you thought about being a part of Great Clips Mohawk Warrior. Man, it was surreal. You know, I remember they called me in August of 2020 uh, to really kind of break it down to me that I was a uh, I was an option. You know, one of the drivers that they had chosen to maybe drive this truck. And so when it came into fruition, man, it was awesome because Mohawk Warrior was actually one of the first trucks that I got to help on. You know, I have pictures of me, Philip, and Christian Norman on it. Um, you know, back when BJ was driving it. And so to to like I said, man, the the world is so crazy that. It was such a full circle moment for me, and it was such an honor, you know, and Bryce does a great job representing that brand, and I know I could never keep up with, you know, his his mic skills and things like that, so I knew that, you know, I, I definitely had a, a big a load to carry, you know, on my shoulders, so I wanted to come out and, you know, give them the best of me, and honestly, that year, all I really was focused on was just becoming a better driver, man, and, and it's no joke that switching from the Toro Loco body to the Escalade body was such a big difference for me, man, and just getting so comfortable with the truck and being able to push the limits a little bit more. 
And also, I couldn't have done it with my, you know, crew guy. You know, I had Carlos on there. Carlos is, he, he's an amazing worker, man. You know, and, you know, being a Latino team, it was super cool and it was a lot of fun. And uh, I definitely wouldn't have been able to, you know, be as successful without his hard work for sure. And, uh, you know, a big thank you to Great Clips and Monster Jam for giving me that opportunity because I think that that was a really big confidence booster for me moving forward. I definitely put you on the map. You were winning multiple events. I felt like your your name, uh, what was in the results, is, is a winning something every single weekend. You were in the highlight reel, and then you start making your way up the power rankings. And I, I know Bryce was excited to have you on the team, but I, I made a joke with him. I said, "This kid's showing you up, man! Like he's he's, <laughs> he's out there winning." Um, and and we, we always joked about that. But I, what what changed for you? You said the difference between the bodies, but did you do anything at all during the break? to help you change your game? Cause I mean, you, you were good when you came in, but you, you went to another level when you came back. Absolutely not, man. You know, all I was doing during the pandemic was reselling items and trying to make money, man. That's all I was doing. Um, but you know, like I said, I just think part of the, the thing that helped me so much was just having so much more visibility that I didn't have with Toro. So I just knew like, okay, now I know where I'm at all the time throughout my runs so I'm able to, you know, be more in control of the truck. And sometimes with Toro Loco, you know, unfortunately, we just kind of, you just kind of have to wing it. And eventually over time, you know, you do, you kind of do end up figuring out where you're at exactly. But sometimes you don't have that visibility that you end up needing in certain occasions that I could have with the Escalade body. So I, I just think that for me, that was kind of the biggest reason as to why I was able to develop so much. Were you aware of the hype that started surrounding you or was it just, you know, white noise outside that you didn't pay attention to? I, it was just white noise, man. You know, that year it was such a fun group. I had Kristen Anderson, Colton Eichelberger, Tony Oaks. You know, we were just having so much fun all year long, man. And and so I, I just think that we were just kind of pushing ourselves to the, you know, to the limit. And, uh, you know, thankfully, uh, towards the end of that year, you know, we were kind of loosening up a little bit on the COVID restrictions. And so we had more fans coming in. And my favorite show that year that sticks out to me was Rosemont, you know, because it's a very big Latino market. But also, you know, we were starting to fill more seats. And that energy there in Rosemont, man, it's contagious. And so I just, you know, in, in my honest opinion, I think that that was kind of where I was like, man, like looking back at my videos from 2019, like I've, I've developed so much, man. And it was just kind of crazy for, you know, when you look back and, and really realize how much you have grown as a driver, um, you know, it, it's definitely something to be proud of. And now you're back in El Toro Loco coming off the season where you finished second on Arena Championship Series West. I know, obviously, you, you started in that truck and it means a lot to you. More importantly, I know it means a lot to you to represent the Latino community, which is a huge part of the El Toro Loco fan base. So what is what is what is your response when you see all of these Latino fans coming out wearing the El Toro Loco clothes, the shirts, the hats, and, and holding up signs for you? Man, it's it's awesome. And uh, like I said, you know, I, I don't ever really much think of it as like, you know, I'm, I'm getting to drive. I just kind of feel like I'm, you know, a fan that's getting the opportunity to be behind the wheel. Um, and, and so there's, you know, times in pit party where it kind of just kicks you back and it, it almost you know, makes you kind of zoom out of the picture and be like, wow, like I'm actually doing this, you know, and, and, you know, I used to be the kid that was making the poster staying up all night or walking up to drivers and showing them a picture of me, you know, and them like five years ago. And now families are doing that with me. And so I, I, I take a lot of pride in that, man. And, and in pit party, I always try to make sure that I'm giving the fans 110% of my energy and attention. 
and uh, really giving them that experience that I wanted as a little kid. Because, you know, when you're a little kid and you go through the Monster Jam line, you find out which drivers are your favorite because of their personality and which ones aren't. And that's just how it goes. So I want to make sure that every single fan that comes through my line, they leave there saying that they want to meet me again or they want to come you know, back next year and grab a picture. Well, it's not just pit party for you as well. I know we worked together in Huntsville, Alabama a couple of years ago, and there, were, there was a fan there that uh, you and, and myself and Kristen uh, Anderson took some extra time to to spend with after the event. And then I had to run off and, and get ready for the next event. And I, I come back, you know, about 30 minutes later, you're still out there talking to this fan. So you, you go above and beyond. And I think that is that is that because you were in their shoes uh, and, and you want to be a fan or just because you, you just want to give back to everybody and, and you legitimately want to meet everybody or a little bit of both. I mean, cause you, you definitely, you have the personality and you are approachable and you spend the time that is required and, and, and beyond. I think at the end of the day, man, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't have that attitude if it wasn't for my parents of just, you know, being respectful and, and making sure to treat everyone the same, no matter, you know, what they look like or, or what's going on. And, you know, for me as someone that grew up as a fan, I always want to make sure that every single, every single person that I meet, um, you know, I'm able to leave a lasting impression on them, but also that, you know, I can make a memory for them because I know at the end of the day, man, I remember sitting outside of the gates and, you know, getting a max D spike. And you, you just kind of think of that as like the Holy grail, you're holding the Lombardi, you know, the Lombardi trophy. Um, and so with, you know, with all the kids, uh, you know, whenever I have the opportunity to go above and beyond for them, man, I will do it. You know, like I know for sure that was an, uh, you know, a, a good point to bring up from Huntsville. And I also have this other buddy of mine. Uh, he's in, his name is Colton. And, you know, I remember this two years ago, I gave him my El Toro Loco crew shirt. And then last year he ended up showing up to Omaha wearing it. And, uh, you know, so just seeing that it, it, it's awesome, man. Cause sometimes these kids are going through much tougher battles than we are. And sometimes, you know, just, you just give them that hope and, and you just give them that, you know, that smile that, that their parents haven't been able to get out of them in a couple of days. Um, and, you know, it, it's very emotional for sure. And at the end of the day, like, that's the most important thing. That's why we're here. That's why we drive these Monster Jam trucks. You know, also, we drive them to have fun and destroy them and put on an event for these awesome fans. But, you know, we also want to make sure that we're making those memories for our fans and making them want to come back to us. Now, you know, I held a Lombardi trophy once uh, in, in Baltimore. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I was supposed to because they swarmed from every direction. Uh, to make sure that my fingerprints did not touch that thing ever again. So, you know, it was a nice comparison for the Max D spike. You won Arena Freestyle of the Year in 2022. I'm sure that earned a lot of respect for you, correct? And you felt you arrived at that point? Yeah, you know, uh, 2021, and I mean, I'm sorry, 2022 was kind of like a, a weird year for me. You know, we started off with some hiccups. We missed a couple events. And, you know, then we were able to catch back up at some point. And it just kind of fell off, you know, but I, I, I just – Every single freestyle, man, I, I always like to run hard and push the truck and give the fans a show, you know, and and, and really rem make them want to come back next year. Uh, because I honestly think at the end of the day, freestyle is either what makes or breaks a new Monster Jam fan, you know. And, and I always tell, you know, somebody that if you're – my favorite fan is a new Monster Jam fan, the person that has never seen us before because that's the person that I want to impress and that's the person that I want to sell a ticket to for next year. Well, you sell a lot of tickets, my friend. Coming up next, I ask your questions to Elvis Line as more Inside Monster Jam powered by Lucas Oil is next.
We are back with Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil. I'm joined by Elvis Linus. Each week, you can ask your questions by following me on Instagram at ScottJordanMJSX. Elvis, I didn't know if these questions were going to be about Monster Jam trucks or, or going out on dates or <laughs> fitness tips, but I got a little bit of everything here for you. Uh, we're going to start off with the hardest question I had to ask. This, this one comes from Kristen Anderson. Oh. She says, for Elvis, do you have a girlfriend? It's a tough question. I do. Man. I do, man. She keeps bugging me, and uh, I've told her I've taken, but nah, man, like, yeah, I do have a girlfriend, and uh, man, she's been awesome. Uh, you know, Kristen's definitely a blessing in disguise for me. I really love her. I said I put in a good word, but I, I don't think that's necessary. The camera 9785 wants to know, what's your favorite genre of music? I love heavy metal, for sure. And I got a lot of questions here asking about the 600 pound squat this one's from jazz crowey there were like three of them wanting to know if that's ever coming what you're doing to prepare for it we're working towards it man uh you know every every single time now i like to lift a little bit heavier i do what we call progressive overloading so every single workout you're you know slightly going a little bit more and more and gaining strength and uh at least with my squats man i've really been working on my hamstrings i feel like that's been helping yeah, me too, my friend. Me too. <laughs> Big Yoda the Man wants to know, what's your favorite song by Elvis Presley? Great question. Uh, Jailhouse Rock, for sure. It's a good answer, man. A lot of respect there. Uh, this one's from I Love Bacon 1103 for Elvis. Do you prefer arena or stadium events if you had the choice? You know, I haven't really ever technically driven a stadium before, so I'm going to have to go with, you know, arenas for now. But obviously in the future, I would love to do stadiums. All right, and then final question here. It looks like, what do you enjoy the most while being in the El Toro Loco truck, and how do you do those amazing stunts in the truck? This comes from Cool Cat fourteen ninety nine. It's you know, it's getting to represent all the Latinos and uh, also getting to blow the smoke. You know, so many people ask me about, uh, you know, am I going to be using the smoke that show? And uh, the people love it, man. And I really only use it for donuts, and obviously those are my red headlights, so they really give me a big push in the scoring for sure. All right, Elvis, thanks a lot, man. Best of luck to you this summer and beyond. Looking forward to seeing you. That's all the time we have. But as for you, I'm going to see you right here next time on Inside Monster Jam, powered by Lucas Oil.